just welcome to all of you to begin with and welcome to Tufu. I was, it occurred to me that it's been a long time since I've seen Tufu physically. So it's amazing this Zoom world that we live in. And I'm so excited that there are many of you from not only Santa Cruz, but elsewhere. And aren't we lucky to be here together? Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that occurred to me as I was uh, thinking about tonight and looking forward to, to tonight is how long Bob and I have done this now. Uh, so we have been um, really collaborating on this experience for, I don't know, at least 10 years, I think. And it's always a very special time. And I was thinking as you were um, reviewing the 32 parts of the body, first of all, it gave me goosebumps. And second of all, Bob and I share a love for the body. Uh, we have different approaches, um, but it is a profound respect uh, for, I'll just say, the parts of the body. Um, that's what I am as an anatomist. And so my joy is taking the body apart and, um, and really uh, figuring out the structures and what makes it tick. So um, I love being here tonight. And uh, I'd like to, I have to say one more thing. I teach anatomy and physiology at Cabrillo College. And normally what we would do is we would, you would come to the lab and we have cadavers there and we um, do a little introduction to the cadavers. And then we basically just do kind of a free for all where we open the cadavers and Bob's class has the opportunity to touch and feel and see all those structures. I get all the buckets out with the brains and the hearts and, and I am smiling so much because we have such a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. And so it is, I'm sorry that we don't have that opportunity tonight, but I'm grateful that we can do this and, and be guinea pigs together and um, explore in a different way. So it is very personal to me too. Uh, so there's the personal aspect and the impersonal as you were talking about. Uh, I love teaching anatomy and physiology and sharing it with my students. In fact, one of my students is here tonight. We just had class together, Trevor. So we just got done with class at, at six. Um, so I'm delighted to be here. And Tufu, um, I was gonna turn it over to you just oh. <laughs> and <laughs> let you talk about your experience in the lab and how we've known each other and and yes. go for it. Wow, it's been a long time. We've known each other since 2013. <laughs> right. wow. Yes, um, but I have been blessed and grateful to have been invited by you and Bob to share this experience with the class. And um, I, I, I love anatomy. Um, I'm blessed right now because my sister is taking anatomy at Cabrillo. So I'm like, oh, this is my forte. I love it. Um, so I, the lab though, the lab is an incredible and a wonderful experience because you, you get to learn so many different things 
and it can be very stressful as a student, but returning as a TA has been enormously wonderful because you experience the body in a whole separate way. There's no pressure to know or to understand everything that's going on. You get to see through a different set of eyes um, and you learn something new all the time. And then with this group, it's even more special because I get to see a different perspective and experience and hear different things that I never would have thought of as a student or as an anatomist. But um, yeah, it's great. Thank you for having me. Well, two foods, an exceptional person and uh, began at Cabrillo and now you're finishing up at UCSC and uh, yeah. planning to pursue her path uh, in, in medicine. So um, we've been really lucky to work together. Um, Bob, you know, I did do my homework because I'm a good student. <laughs> and um, I reviewed a little bit, a tiny little bit about the 32 parts of the body. And um, with your permission, what I'd like to do is just show a little slideshow uh, mm -hmm. a journey through the body, if that would be okay. That would be fabulous. And, and um, yes, yeah, so I think I gave you the co-host. Are you, you okay with I doing am, it from there? Great. Um, so, um, boy, if there's one thing we've learned as teachers, it's how to do Zoom. <laughs> so... So this I prepared um, just for you guys for tonight. And I was thinking about it. I am such a professor, um, th but this is not about me yammering at you. And so what I really have always loved about our interactions is how much we interact. And um, so I, please feel free to jump in and ask questions or tell me to stop or what have you. Uh, and Tufu, you, of course, I want you to jump in. And the other thing I just want to, you know, warn you a little bit about is I do have pictures of cadavers here. And so if you're sensitive to that, just don't be surprised when um, some images come up of uh, inner parts of the body. I was, as I say, thinking about this a lot and thinking about what I have learned from cadavers. Personally, I have, um, I uh, first started dissecting cadavers in college. Um, I actually studied anthropology. I had nothing to do with anatomy and physiology. I was in international studies and anthropology, but I ended up changing and um, getting more into anatomy and physiology. And so I took a lot of anatomy classes and always loved it. And I always loved the history of it too. Humans have always been interested in, like you said, this tradition that you're involved in is thousands of years old. Um, so um, I wanted to show some just images. I know these are Western images, but I was so fascinated by a colleague of mine who did a study of these wax um, figures that were carved in the 1700s in Italy. They, they were made out of wax because you can imagine how challenging dissection of bodies was then. First of all, bodies weren't very available. 
And then this would be a permanent way, almost like a plastic model that we would use now so that you wouldn't have to do the messy dissections, but they're perfect in their anatomy. And this um, is a really famous one. They call her the anatomical Venus and she has six layers that you can remove. So you can, you can take the parts out and look at them. It made me think about uh, the intersection between anatomy and art and medicine and death, uh, because anatomy has always had an intimate connection with death as well. And I couldn't resist putting these up. Leonardo da Vinci was famous actually for his dissections of humans. He used them uh, as a basis for his gorgeous um, sculptures and paintings. This is more of our situation in a modern anatomy lab, like the one that Tufa and I work at. Um, this is not our particular lab, but it looks very familiar to me as it will to Bob and those of you who have come to the lab before. Our cadavers are donors. In other words, they're people who choose to donate their bodies for use after they die. And our particular individuals, our peeps, our people, come from um, UCSF, um, from University of California at San Francisco. So people who die in this whole Bay Area who have chosen to do this go there and then we get their bodies delivered to us. Um, they, I actually visited their facility and they take in the person and then they, um, they call it curing for about six months. So they put it they drain all the fluids and they put the body in a big plastic bag with preservative. And then um, once the person is preserved, they can um, bring it to institutions like ours so that people can learn. And you can see these um, students standing around with somebody telling them about the parts of the body, right? And that's what we do too. Um, so I, I uh, wanted to start with one of your, uh, one of the 32 parts of the body, which is the skin. And um, you, you said some really profound things in your introduction, which is about demystifying, you know, partly and, and disenchanting. I would say that it's partly disenchantment and enchantment. Um, and so I, I, it's difficult to convey, but Tufu, I think, will, um, will agree with me that there's something so profound about having an intact body in front of you, of a donor. And we take our scalpel and we make the first incision from the neck all the way down to the pubic area. And we peel the skin back, um, just as this person is doing. And the skin itself is so lovely. And uh, one, one of the parts of the body, I'm so happy that this is on the list of 32 is fat because I love fat. You know, fat has a very bad reputation, but darn it, it's beautiful. It's got a great texture and it really provides, um, oh, some lovely things. Uh, and when you dissect it, it's really interesting to feel it and touch it and know that it provides this, this really luscious layer between the skin and the muscles, for example. 
So um, I like the skin because it's often associated in humans with a lot of fat. We have the ability to accumulate a lot of fat as humans. It's variable over the body. This is kind of a different color than our cadavers usually are, but um, uh, the um, skin over the dorsum of the foot or the back of the, the top part of your foot is really thin compared to the skin over, for example, the chest. So it has a completely different texture. And you can see how the tendons are appearing here um, as, this, as this person is dissecting. So this is the top layer, the skin outward. This is what the skin looks like underneath. And this is something that we're not able to see in the cadavers. But I love thinking about when I, even when I do dissections, I like thinking about what it's made of in its really fundamental aspects. This is if you look at it under the microscope, this is what skin looks like. It looks like a psychedelic painting. This is it under an electron microscope and you can see the beautiful layers. You were talking about keratin. These layers at the top are dead and full of keratin. And I was also thinking about the fact that um, the body is always dying and replacing itself. So these skin cells from the bottom of this layer to the top live for about 30 days. So by the time they reach the top, they're dead. And then they get sloughed off. Like Bob said, you shed uh, um, 60,000 particles an hour uh, and it's constantly being renewed. Um, so we're constantly both alive and dead. I love the flesh, sinews, and bones. So um, this is really about the anatomy of movement. And it has to do with um, some other aspects, I think, that are part of the meditation, which are motion and solidity. Motion and solidity. It's like poetry. Motion and solidity. Motion is fluid. Solidity is almost the opposite of that. And yet your bones and your muscles and the sinews that bind them together provide both motion and solidity, strength uh, to support your body weight, for example, but also the opportunity for movement that is so important to us. So we were thinking about, um, I was anyway thinking about flesh, which is muscles, uh, and you can see that I, I love this image of the flesh of the elephant enabling it to move in a slightly different way than the human that's running from it. Sinews in our more modern or our Western, whatever, our medical tradition would be tendons and ligaments um, that bind the muscles to the bones and the bones to one another. So this is looking at the skeleton, the bones. This would be, um, again, when you meditate on these, like I almost think that we do, Tufu and I, in our own <laughs> weird ways. Um, when we think about these things, you can't help but think about your connection to other creatures. So this is a chimpanzee uh, that has a very similar skeleton, very closely related to us. You were talking about DNA. Chimps are 90, over 99% identical to us in terms of DNA. And then comparing that to our ancestors who were somewhat intermediate between the two. 
So sinews are connections, right? Making the connections. And I love um, their texture. I wish you, well, you can feel them a little bit. If you just look at the back of your hand and you raise it a little bit, these are the, these are the tendons. And if you could remove that skin and feel them underneath, they have a silky, beautiful, tough texture. They are tough, baby. And so they are like ropes that can withstand the force of pulling of the muscles. So there's a tremendous amount of force from the muscles up here that then pull on those and make your fingers move, for example. So this is what they look like under the microscope, this beautiful pattern of protein threads that provide that strength. And this is the electron microscope, which shows the protein collagen. So this is much more magnified than this. And this is a main ingredient actually of many of the connections of your body. So collagen is the most um, abundant protein in your body. And it forms this super tough structure. And collagen, despite how it's colored here, collagen is white. So usually if you see white color in the body, it's because of the collagen. Um, you were talking about skin color. I'm a little bit light colored uh, because I'm of European descent, but then shining through the white collagen is the pink of the blood vessels underneath. So the reason my skin is white is because of collagen. Um, a darker skin person would have more of the pigmented melanin that is dis interspersed within those layers of the skin. So I, I love what you said about skin and skin color. Muscles are amazing structures uh, that um, here are some cadaver muscles. These are anterior thigh muscles. Uh, they've cut off the, the front of the body and are just showing these beautiful strap-like muscles that enable you to straighten your knee, for example. Do the movements that we can. This is the back and the shoulder. And then this is the lovely forearm. And here you can see, again, these shiny tendons and uh, that anchor the bellies of the muscles uh, and these tendons would be the ropes that would pull the hands and allow them to do all those things that we do as humans that make us so amazing. Um, so uh, muscle, what is muscle? Well, I kind of like this image where it goes from, you know, the whole muscle, the biceps brachii, and then thinking about how that whole muscle attaches to a bone, it's composed of bundles of cells like this that are wrapped in that connective tissue that is white again because of the collagen. Each of these cells then consists of many, many, many proteins that are intertwined. And that explains why if you want to bulk up your muscles, if you wanna get ripped, then you'd better eat some protein because it will be reassembled into your own proteins that make your muscle cells. And it's lovely. Bone, this is not a human bone. I, <laughs> I tried to find a picture of a fresh human bone, but <laughs> there aren't that many available to us. 
So this is actually a picture of beef bone that you could get in a butcher, uh, but it shows the aspects that I wanted to show you of a fresh bone. So again, look at this shiny white structure. This is collagen that makes up the cartilage. And then you've got a little ligament that would tie this head of the femur into the pelvis. So it's tied together with this tight little ligament and then you've got your lovely bone and they've cut off the muscle. Uh, inside the bone is one of your other tissues um, that you uh, focus on, which is bone marrow. So this has been scooped out. In adults, the bone marrow is mostly fat. In younger animals or people, it is red bone marrow that is still actively, actively, actively producing cells. This is what it looks like under the microscope and it is beautiful. So this is the microscopic structure. This is very similar to the cross section of a tree trunk. So each of these represents a longitudinal tube like structure, a solid tube that would run up and down in this very, very dense bone. And those longitudinal tree trunk-like structures, when they're all grouped together, provide the strength to sustain your body weight, for example. So this structure is super important to your strength and movement. If we dive in a little bit deeper, we can start to look at some of the internal organs. So this is uh, the chest, of course, the thorax. Here is your diaphragm, a sheet of muscle that separates the thorax from the abdomen. These are the lungs. This is the heart. These are the main blood vessels. This has been cut. So the lungs are cut in, in half um, from, so you're looking deep into the lung tissue and the heart is barely a shadow. These vessels have been cut. You can see the aortic arch. This has been dyed to highlight one of the vessels. Um, someone has labeled this one. Uh, as you can see. And then this is the plastic model, which doesn't quite capture the, the whole situation. The heart is of course, one of the most important uh, organs. I guess they're all so important, but this is a beautiful human heart that we would see in the cadavers that we get. So this is what we would cut out of a cadaver, just as they did here. And you can see these prominent coronary arteries that sometimes give us so much trouble and so much grief uh, when they become blocked and fail. The heart only has two hoses that supply it with blood, the right coronary artery and the left coronary artery. And if those are blocked, then your greedy heart, because your heart is very greedy. It beats 24 seven without fail. Mm -hmm. And if it's deprived of these blood supplies, then it, it, it fails and you have a heart attack. Uh, this is inside the heart. And I love this image of the valve. It's white, it has collagen. So surrounded by the red, reddish brown, uh, cardiac muscle that actually does the work of the heartbeat.
And then this again is looking at that deep, 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 deep level where you're looking at an individual cell that has been dyed and um, with, with bioluminescent protein actually, so that you can see the structure of it in great detail. So this is a single cardiomyocyte or heart muscle cell that would join together with many, many, many others to provide a sheet of muscle that enables the heartbeat. And then the abdomen. And I wanted to intentionally to show you the artist drawing, which is kind of a simple drawing that you might've seen in school at some point. This is the reality. You know, I, I mean, stomach, you open up a cadaver and you're just going, what? <laughs> So the, um, the stomach is incredibly variable. It's always drawn in a certain shape and it never looks that way. Wow. So uh, the stomach has this little furry curtain that hangs off it that is infused with fat. It would actually go on down and extend over and wrap around your intestines and cradle them uh, and, and in a really interesting way. So this is the large intestine right here. You can see this, in, this is the heart, this is the diaphragm, this is the liver, and this is the gallbladder, which in this person looks very distended to me. Mm -hmm. um, there's this you know, network of blood vessels and little small intestine as well. So, um, and then uh, brains. So how could we talk about anatomy without at least touching on this amazing structure? I think about this a lot because the brain is one part of your body that if you just look at it, you have no idea what it does. A lot of, a lot of structures you can figure out, like the tendons. You know that if you pull on them, you're going to pull your finger a certain way. What the heck is this, right? It doesn't make any, it doesn't give you any clues as to what's going on inside. Uh, we love cutting out the brain. Yep. <laughs> does this make you wanna get back to the lab? It does. <laughs> uh, so, um, so we um, take the brain and to hold a brain in your hand is like one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just impossible not to think about the fact that it once was the source of memories and language and movement and the things that make a person um, personal, you know? So, uh, so this is a, a brain that has been cut in half. This is a whole brain that's been removed. And you can see that the, this head has been cut in half. And I like it because you can see the relationship between the brain and the tongue, for example, that are so close together. And then here you have a galaxy of cells, literally, that are inside that provide the connections that allow you to think and sing and chant and do all the things that we take for granted. See, smell, taste, love, maybe. So, um, so when we talk about uh, anatomy with our students, 
we ask them to learn structures, the corpus callosum, the lateral ventricle, the gyrine, sulci, or whatever we ask. But there's a subtext, which is the contemplation of how people live and how they die and how their lives are written in their flesh. And for us as, um, well, I mean, I have to admit to you that I never wanted to be a health professional. I'll leave that to the professionals. All I do is teach. So, um, but, but I love it that my students who are gonna be health professionals have our cadavers sometimes as their first patients. And they learn a lot of compassion and empathy from the experience of spending time with them. So the, our students learn far more from cadavers than um, the location and names of structures. So, uh, so many, many, many healthcare professionals have spent a life with cadavers. And I think that that, um, I always love seeing Bob and all of you because it reminds me of how connected we are in our pursuit of understanding of what this life is about. And there are many, many ways to do that through poetry, through music, through um, meditation and through anatomy. Um, and so uh, we're grateful um, that we have this opportunity to spend time with you. And um, I really didn't mean to, um, to go on and on. <laughs> so I'm gonna stop sharing and um, you can ask any questions that you like. And of course, if you wanna see any of those um, images again, I'd be happy to show you. Mm. Just thank you so much. This is just your your love and wonder and curiosity of anatomy just shines through. And uh, yeah, and so we'll just we'll just kind of open it up. I see it has her hand up and and just go from there. But just just deep thanks. This is just really. I felt like I'm in the lab with you. <laughs> thank you. Did you have a question? I didn't. I was trying to do my clap reaction, and instead I did my raise hand reaction. But thank you very much. <laughs> well, I love both. I love the raise hand for questions and the clapping. Thank you. Tufu, I didn't let you get a word in edgewise. That is okay. But I did want to say thank you because... Um, the last part where you were talking about gratitude, uh, the cadaver appreciation that we normally hold at the end of the semester for students to thank the donors for their donation to the lab is another way that we like to thank people for contributing to our education. And um, it's, it's a very special thing because as students, again, we're not always thinking about how these folks lived or what they did, but then at the end of the semester, it's like, oh, wow, these these are real people. These people are here because they wanted to be here. They wanted to do something more after they left this earth. And it's wonderful to have a venue to say thank you. Mm. Yeah, I'll just add to that that one of our 
original crew of the 32 parts of the body, a very good friend of mine, a retired nurse, and a deep Dharma practitioner who, who took the 32 parts of the body from early on. And from going to the anatomy lab, she was very inspired that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to donate my body to science. And so she got together with Robin to help get directions on how to you know, donate the body. And the, the only agreement was that she was not to come to Cabrillo because we, that, that wouldn't be a good match. But she was so moved that she, you know, she, she donated her body to support others to understand the body. I have to um, say that she wrote to me every, she came for a few times and she wrote me thank you notes. And I still have all those thank you notes um, that she wrote to me because it was such a special, um, I mean, a mind blowing connection really that then she donated her body and someone else got to benefit from that same experience that we've been able to have. Mm -hmm. Now your hand is raised. Of course, because I always have questions, it turns out. But I'm curious to both of you, Robin and Tufu, um, if you remember, like, what are some of the things that surprised, just an example or two of what surprised you most as you were studying the body, like at the beginning, you know, or along the way? Like, what, are, what were your big surprises? For me personally, everything. Everything was a surprise um, because it's not something that you really dive into knowing anything about um, unless like you've already had some previous experience, but it has been a wonderful journey. I, I think for me, um, there are two, and you're right, but there are two things that sort of stand out from the first experiences that I had, which was, um, I was surprised at how emotionally affected I was um, because you go into these classes and traditionally uh, professors did not talk about the um, emotional aspect of working with cadavers. It was just about an object that you were there to, again, memorize the, the names of the structures and you know be able to apply that knowledge later on. But really, you can't escape the profound um, human connection. And what surprised me is how, how moving people's hands are. So one of the most personal parts of the body is the hand. And so a lot of the parts look sort of alike, you know, the liver, the, the guts, they're always fun, but they're, um, they're not as individually personal. And the hand is really personal. Um, the other thing that surprised me and that I've gotten a big kick out of over the years is how much fun it is. <laughs> um, so uh, it's, it's really, um, and I don't mean that in a belittling way. I mean it just in a joyful, experiential, uh, uplifting, weird way. And, um, and I think our students, when we participate in these experiences together, it is like this interesting club that we have. High five, baby. 
anatomy panel. You know, everybody that you're up to your guts with, with your, uh, you, that you're up to your elbows and guts with. So it, it forms a bond that is really um, fun and interesting and powerful. I think. Mm -hmm. So that was surprising to me. And I just remember sometimes you would share when you were doing something, you would find something like the, like a cause of death, but then you saw that, oh, there was another issue happening here that was also, you, you would be surprised. I remember you sharing something like that. Oh, they're always, it's a treasure hunt. I mean, you know, you, you find that somebody's there with a knee replacement or um, a bulging aorta or something that they may not have even known of uh, you know their bodies more intimately than anybody in their lives you 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 feel their ovaries you <laughs> i mean <laughs> it, and it is sometimes quite surprising to see the variation in blood vessels for example sometimes people have different patterns than usual L weird stomachs weird livers um, spleens, that's another oh, yes. how variable the spleen is. Some people have enormous spleens and some people have little um, tiny spleens. Um, different muscle configurations, even one cadaver, we had an extra chest muscle on. So yeah, <laughs> it's interesting, endlessly. I think there were a couple of other people who had questions. Yeah, this one, they have their hands up. Great. Okay, well, uh, I just want to thank you. I, I have had the honor and pleasure of being in the lab maybe three or four times and have gotten to hold, you know, organs in my hands. And to this day, I mean, they're some of the most profoundest experience of my life to hold a heart or a brain in my hand. But I just really wanted to thank you for this presentation because it feels like I got to be holding the body in a whole other way. And uh, it was really wonderful the way you presented this. And, you know, it does feel like we get to be inside the body, both personally and impersonally and and the facts and the mystery, they were all there. So thank you. Thank you. I, I have to admit, I was a little nervous about tonight, wondering how it would seem online, but I'm, I'm so grateful, so thank you. Yeah, hi everyone. Hi Robin, hi Tufu. So good to see you both. Um, I just wanted to thank you for for doing this tonight. You two, you make a a such a good team. It's <laughs> really um, amazing to see you both together. And Tufu, I, I just know whatever career path you you end up on, you're going to be successful. And I, I hope wherever that leads you, I, I hope that you come back and continue to do this um, because in the lab especially I, I have been there several times and you have always answered all of my questions and you're easy, approachable, um, knowledgeable. And uh, you, you and Robin really just team up really well together. So I'm really hoping that next year we can be back in person again. And um, 
I just encourage anyone who hasn't done this before to, um, to do it because it, you know, speaking personally, it's, um, it's, it's a lot different being there in person versus, um, you know, studying about it and reading about it. It's, it's diff, you know, it's the same thing about, you can read all day about how to ride a bike, but until you hop on a bike, you know, that knowledge is just going to be, it's different than, than actually being there and doing it. And, and it's really, um, it's made a difference in my life. So. Thank you so much for sharing. Just wanted to thank you both. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope I do get to come back next year. <laughs> well, yeah, I hope so too. Um, I think, were you next? I'm, I'm not sure if I was next, but. Well, I'm, you are now. <laughs> thank you, Robin, and ditto to everything that everyone has said in appreciation and gratitude. My question is, you know, you developed this relationship and with the cadavers, the bodies, and I wonder what kind of information they come with. What do you know about them as you begin the process of taking them apart? That is such a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, We have very limited information actually about the individuals. So the information that we get is a sheet of paper that has a number on it. So we don't know their names. Um, We know uh, their height. We know their age at death. We know um, the cause of death, uh, the immediate cause of death. Sometimes we get information on past medical uh, procedures or um, conditions that they may have had but it's very incomplete. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then recently we have also started to get information on their weight and on their profession. And that's always really interesting. So, um, so we, that's the information that we get. Thank you. That's so interesting. And I'm, I'm sure that, well, I know for myself, I'd probably make, assumptions based on the body but of course you really you probably can't but um based on the condition of the body you might um make some guesses as to if you didn't know what the person did if they were a physical worker or so interesting thank you yeah you can to a certain extent and i think tufu would would say this too that mm-hmm. um you know i i i meant it when I said that your life is written in your body. And so um, I remember one of the profound experiences that I had was um, there was a gentleman who came in who was uh, quite, um, just that you could tell that he was an imposing figure in his life. And he, um, we also used to get, information sometimes on professions when I first started at Cabrillo and that the gentleman that I'm referring to was a lumberjack and it made me so happy somehow to know that this man had used his body in his strong you know robust body in a profession that I hope he enjoyed 
and his muscles showed, you know, that he was great. He was a great darn cadaver. So, um, so um, you do have some, and another one we had was actually, we um, noticed that there was a profound difference between the muscles, uh, the forearm muscles between the right and the left side. And we found out um, a little bit later that he was a male carrier, you know, and I think it was because of that movement for years and years that he had a difference. So sometimes you can tell a little bit or make correlations, which is fun. So how's the story to tell? It does. If I pronounce it correctly, I might not. You, you did. You must have seen it before. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, I actually just wanted to say um, thank you both, Robin and Tufu. Uh, it's really made a difference to see the presentation that you just gave us. So I can't wait to go back and do my meditation now. And also, I'm looking forward that hopefully maybe one of these years, I'll get invited to the real lab. I would love to have that experience. I've never had it, but this was very nice also. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Hi, uh, thank you so much for the presentation. I feel like this feels really profound. And uh, I'm curious as to the many years you've worked at the cadaver lab, how has it impacted you as a person? Because it feels like such a almost humbling experience. And yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about your personal experience if you don't mind sharing a little bit on that, both Tufu and Robin. Tufu, do you wanna start on this one? Sure. Um, so it is a very humbling experience. It's something that makes you rethink some of your life choices, mm. um, like what you eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's a deeply personal experience as well, especially with the people that you share it with. Um, like the brain, for example, holding the brain is, it's crazy. You're holding someone's thoughts, every thought, every memory, every feeling that they ever had in your hands. And that's not something that everybody gets to do every day. Um, but it, it is something that you take with you everywhere. And I don't know, there are times where I, I think about it and I reminisce about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to go back to the lab. <laughs> Well, you'll be back. <laughs> so I, I think I'd like to echo a couple of things that Tufu said. I'm a little bit older than Tufu, maybe. And um, so much. <laughs> have some different experiences in my life. And one of the things that the cadavers have helped me to do, it's a very gentle interaction with death. I mean, these people did not die of trauma or car accidents. They die because they're elderly. And they die of the things that most of us will die from, heart disease, cancer, what have you. And so when I have had relatives, for example, my mother who died, I was able to easily sit with her body and not be afraid of that physical 
you know, presence. Um, so I, I really am so grateful that I have had this opportunity to have the, um, the presence with death. And I don't, I'm not, that's not to say that I don't fear death. That would be foolish. But I guess I don't fear death as much as the slide into death. And so I, I, I don't have any fear of dead bodies. In fact, dead bodies are very comforting compared to live people <laughs> sometimes. So, um, so that's one of the things I learned. I, the other thing, you know, Bob, you were talking about when you go to get your hair cut or what have you, and you think about what is this, you know, that we're doing here? It's just this thing that is here. And sometimes I just think about my muscles and how grateful I am. I can move and run and eat and enjoy, you know, those physical sensations that the body provides. Mm -hmm. I really, I appreciate my body and uh, it's not a perfect body in, you know, whatever objective sense, but it's a darn good body. And um, it's provided me with two kids and a lot of joy. And mm. um, so I think about that. Mm. Thank you my friend from Austria. It's so great you're here. It's about four in the morning your time. <laughs> thank you Bob for this invitation and thank you all for the possibility to be here and I just want to say Robin and Tofu um, I was excited but we'll, um, I will experience here and also I had some fear <laughs> if the pictures or something like that will, will evoke something in myself and I just want to say the way you did it and you um, offered it really make it made it easy for me to um, to stay with this all and also this uh, love and appreciation for the body and uh, the, and I remembered during my psychology studies we had the possibility to uh, to touch a, a brain <laughs> and. Um, but today it was um, for me incredible how you uh, talked about the body and yeah and I want to know more <laughs> and uh, just um, a question um, to you both maybe you want to say something about this what took you to this path to be in this area of anatomy and pathology if you want to say something about that thank you. Sure. Um, so I started out working as a receptionist in a general surgeon's office. And I was hearing all this vocabulary that I didn't really understand. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, you know, we're just going to move. We're just going to move the colon and we're going to anastomose it. And I'm like, what does this even mean? And um, so I, I decided that I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to learn more about what I was actually booking appointments for. And um, I took human anatomy and I just, I fell in love and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't wanna just be booking appointments. I wanna be in there. I wanna see what all these things are that they're talking about. And um, fortunately it brought me to Robin. So <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, but every, I, I just, I love the human body. I want to learn more about it every day. Um, I'm grateful that I, in the profession that I'm in right now, I, um, I do get to see and learn different things still. Um, but yeah, I, one day I'm going to get in there and I'm going to do it. Anatomy changes your life. And mm -hmm. anatomy has changed the life of a lot of our students, but mine too. So I didn't ever think I, 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 I was accepted into law school. I was going to be a lawyer. I had studied in France for a year and South Africa for a year. I was interested in politics and history of South Africa. And um, I went on a trip in Africa and had a chance to hike up to see the mountain gorillas. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember distinctly that I looked in the eyes of a silverback male and uh, I said, I don't want to be a lawyer. Um, I, <laughs> I, I really want to do something different. I loved, I, I fell in love with biology and I decided I like people, I like biology and I did my PhD in um, biological anthropology. And it just so happens that one of your expertise areas in anthropology and physical anthropology is anatomy. Mm -hmm. And there is a huge demand for anatomy instructors because of the demand for training allied health professionals. And so I just, um, and you can't tell anyone this, you're recording this, but you still can't tell. When I applied for the job at Cabrillo, I think they just were bamboozled and they hired me as a biologist. And um, I was able to, um, to teach anatomy and physiology and just absolutely love it. So whether I deceived them or not, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but it worked out for me. So it's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, hello, everyone. Quite a revelation, obviously. Really appreciate the efforts of both of you um, in facilitating this introduction. So in the course of this um, meditation study, um, it became how very apparent that how superficial my approach to my body has been, like for most people. We think about our breathing and we can feel a heartbeat, but the, we take for granted all the other mechanical things that are going on inside. And so it occurred to me to ask whether there are other more subtle sensations, like when the stomach moves around or just a lever move a little bit, and can you feel these things? Are there sensor receptors in those organs so that I can maybe feel that there's more going on inside there than what we grew up with and we take for granted? You want, may want to mention a couple of those that are that sort of thing. Well, I'll, I'll take a stab at this. I'm in complete denial of many of the aspects of my own body. So in some ways, and I say that laughingly, but you know, I, it's hard to apply knowledge to yourself sometimes. There are sensory receptors for, um, for stretch and pain and hunger. It's not as um, defined as the 
the sensations that you would feel with your fingertips. But I think your point is really interesting in that um, when we, when I grew up to as a child or whatever, the attitude toward our bodies, I think was quite different and um, more mechanistic in a way. And now I think there's more of an willingness um, to explore the connection between mind and body. And so an example that I would give is the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve, which many of you have heard of, is a, a cranial nerve that connects the brain to many of the organs in the body. And really until recently, at least in terms of Western medicine, people thought that it was a one-way street, that your brain had commands for you know, controlling heart rate and et cetera. And now it's been realized that there are sensory um, neurons that travel in the vagus nerve that actually influence your emotions. So your heart, you know, it's always been a metaphor, right, for love and feelings. But now I would say there's more evidence that your heart is um, part of your emotional self and that we need to be maybe more aware of those um, sensations that we feel that are common in our language. For example, that you know you feel it in the pit of your stomach, or your heart drops to your feet, or those same you a dart to the heart, or that you feel heartsick, and those are real things. Um, so I I think that if that is what your question is, I think there's a lot of room for exploration, but I I think it takes work. It's the kind of work that you're doing in this class that makes those things more apparent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good description. Uh, I'll feed on, that, I'll feed on those thoughts and make, help my, make myself more aware. I did want to share one experience. Um, so um, I do a lot of hiking and I'm pretty fit for my age, but I did get struck with uh, walking pneumonia about four years and I convinced, I knew something was wrong and I sort of denied it. And after two weeks, I decided I got to do something. So anyway, I'm visiting the doctor and then I got the chest x-ray. And the x-ray technician said, hey, you must be a runner. And I said, wow, that's, uh, my lungs are that impressive. That's really, that made my day. So that memory has stuck with me. And so that's the connection I have with my lungs that I that will stick with me. Well, that's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. your, your good behavior is written in your lungs. Yeah, I love how you can say that our, you know, that our, that our body has the written, well, the wording, say again, the wording about your body has written. Life is written in your flesh. Your Life story is, yeah. written yeah. in your, your, your body. Yeah. The story Beautiful. of your life is written in your flesh. Mm -hmm. Any other, we might have time for one more. I 
have a question, but I have a comment. This is Kara and Robin. I've come to the anatomy lab in Tufu for the last few years. And I just wanted to say just deep bows. Thank you for your wisdom. And, and I really appreciate this online version because the slides that you showed, just looking at the bones, I mean, yes, like a tree, but also like a shell and just the beauty and also um, just bringing the heart. Thank you for both of you for bringing the heart, you know, emotion piece. That's all. It's just a comment, really, and I look forward to seeing you again. May you be well. Yeah, and just to say, Kara has been my teaching assistant, co-teacher for some years now, and and um, very grateful for Kara to carry it on when I go into the pasture <laughs> and chew Thank my cud a bit. <laughs> Hmm. Well, thank, well, we have just a couple minutes left. Why don't we, we begin with a little silence and let's um, come back into the silence. Yeah, so I think I'll um, end with a, a poem from Mary Oliver, and it's called The Body. She writes, Bless the fingers, for they are as darting as fire. Bless the little hairs of the body, for they are softer than grass. Bless the hips, for they are cunning beyond all machinery. Bless the mouth, for it is the describer. Bless the tongue, for it is the maker of words. Bless the eyes, for they are the gifts of the angels, for they tell the truth. Bless the shoulders, for they are strength and shelter. Bless the thumb, for when it is working, it has a godly grip. Bless the feet for their knuckles and their modesty. And bless the spine, for it is the whole story. <laughs> Thank you. And actually, I'll, um, I'll share that in the chat. I think that I have the ability to to um no actually i can't do that because i'm on the insight santa cruz website but if you internet search mary oliver 
and it's called The Body. You'll get it. Um, thank you all. Thank you, Robin Tufu, for coming. And this has just been fabulous beyond words and bringing in the mystery and the, the sacredness of, of life, of this body, of, of who are we? Yeah, and then I think uh, this, again, this practice, these teachings of the body, teaching us of our shared humanity. And yeah, I was thinking it's a lot more complicated live with living human beings than with ones that are dead, less complicated relationship. But, but as we are alive, how do we begin to find our shared and coming humanity and, and respect and, and, and really celebrate and honor the diversities of life in all different ways? We need deep healing. So thank you all. And it's nice to see so many of you here tonight. And yeah, very wonderful. Can you guys come back every week? <laughs> <laughs> so thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, Bob, for organizing this too. Mm -hmm. Bob, thank you for inviting us and yeah. allowing us to participate in this because you're all so wonderful. So we, mm. we really benefit greatly. Thank you. Thank you. And it's nice to have from people all over the United States and the world here. So it's really wonderful that we're all here together. And um, much love and good health to everyone. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.